Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 43. We are so excited that you are here with us. And as always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. So today in this podcast, we're going to continue our discussion on group identity, specifically talking about healthy group identity. Um, and we're going to talk about the how do you practically walk this out? How do you practically live? How do you practically create group identity within your church and your family and your community? You know, I'd have to say that creating a group identity statement for all of those places is something that I would highly encourage you to do because what you're doing is you are putting it on paper. You're putting it out there. You're giving examples to your community, your church, your family of this is who we are and this is how it is for us to act in any practical situation. So um, obviously we need more than just it written down or we need it more than just on a billboard somewhere. There's so much more to it than that. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast. So I hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. This is part 20 of our series, The Half Brain Church, How the Church Has Lost Its Ever-Loving Mind. Okay, so we've talked about who yep. leads building healthy group identity. Mm-hmm. We've talked about what healthy group identity is. Mm-hmm. But the real question comes down to how. Yeah. Like, how do we make this happen? Yeah. That's how it. does it go from being this good idea that I once heard on a podcast <laughs> or this ideal that I wish I wish the world was like this mm-hmm. to us actually being the people yeah. who make this possible? Yeah. The, the, what are the practical things? That need to happen. Yes. And a lot of that comes down to transforming those identity statements Mm -hmm. into actual doing. Yeah. Actual experience. Yeah. And so those, those identity statements are really, we talk about the whole brain church are really about the left side of our brain. Okay. It's knowledge. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's if a lot of those identity statements, we might write those out and post those somewhere to reference. Yes. So, but really and truly our character and our behavior goes through our right brain first. If we, as we've explained in other podcasts, Uh we are not consciously thinking at that point. Right. When we respond behaviorally, it is a right brain, especially in relationship, Uh, it is a right brain reaction. And then, and, our behavior travels through our right brain to our left brain. So by the time the thought comes, how, you know, what was that identity statement about how it is for me to act? Right. We've already responded we've already nine responded. times out of 10. Yeah. And either we've upheld that identity statement or we have, or we haven't. Yeah. And we always tease about the whole, what would Jesus do bracelet? Right. Yeah. Because by yeah. the time we have the time to ask the question, what would Jesus do? It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. It should be a response. And that response is based on experience. Uh-huh. So we are going to do, whether we like it or not, uh-huh. exactly what our people have done. Yes. Or what we've experienced people doing mm-hmm. around us. And 
if and it doesn't matter what the identity statement really is because what we experience is going to determine what that identity statement really means that's good so for example that's really good for example if we talk about um like what do we do when our spouse complains about an argument that they had with a friend <laughs> right right yeah. like, well what do we do well we could gang up with them and turn that friend into an enemy by saying yes Susie really is a jerk. She never <laughs> listens to you. She blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. Or, or, yep, we can remember, we can go back to our identity statement of we are people who remind each other of who we really are. Yes. When we forget. Yes. Who really is Susie in this moment? Yeah. And spouse, who really are you? Yeah. Let's take that into perspective. But that doesn't come because... The husband runs back to the identity statement. is like, okay, what do I need to do? And maybe that sounds funny, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like. In the beginning. In the beginning, our agreement with each other <laughs> is we have one goal. And it's I'm going to stay present with you no matter what. Yes. Yep. That was it. That was like our identity statement is we stay present with. We're people who stay, stay present. present with one another no, no matter, matter what. what. Yep. That's all we had to work with. And there's times where we had to like look at the paper. Right. And, quote unquote. <laughs> right. But. But in that moment, if this was a brand new concept, say to that couple, and that couple had always their experience and their the um, what they had done always was they would tend to be the people who, when there was a conflict that came toward one of them, yeah, they would immediately turn the the person who created the conflict into the enemy. Into the enemy. There's some learning that needs to be done. Right. The identity statement is a help because it's like, okay, here's a new way that we've agreed to do this. Right. But. But we won't actually do it initially until we've practiced multiple, multiple, multiple yeah. times. And we we revealed to a couple of groups this week <laughs> the sad news that a lot of what we're teaching is not something that you're going to hear today, try tomorrow, and actually master right. for about three years. Yeah, two and a half to three years it yeah. will take for you to be able to lock into those things. Yes, to where your very first reaction is that we the first thing we do is remind people who they are. Yeah, that's what we do. When there's a problem and there's a relational conflict and I'm hurt or they're hurt. Yeah. First is like, wait a second. Who are these people truly? Mm-hmm. Let me look at them through the eyes of heaven and yeah. remind myself and remind them who they really are. Yes. And then let's go from there. Right. Because And, and encourage everybody back to acting like who we are. Yeah. And who, who, yeah. Who God created us to be acting like our true selves. Yes. That's, that's the goal. Yes. So. The interesting thing is that, like we were saying, you know, we could have these left-brained identity statements, and we do this all the time in the church of, like, okay, so Jesus said we turn the other cheek, you right. know? And <laughs> yeah. it's like, how many times have I heard that? But what the heck does that actually really mean? Right. I don't know. But so, so okay, for in that perfect example, so now we have an identity statement because, again, like we said, we want it to reflect the character of Jesus, mm-hmm. these identity statements. So we write an identity statement that says... Uh, when we, when someone wrongs us, we turn the other cheek. Right. We are people that turn the other cheek. Yes. Okay. Right. There's a couple different w- ways to go about this. So what determines that. what that actually means? Yeah. And what determines what that actually means is the way we behave. So I, so let's say in a church environment, uh-huh. um, there's, let's say the pastor says, we are people who turn the other cheek. My, my, my brain is Mm -hmm. going to watch him 
and watch the people in leadership that have that are like my leaders. Yes. And I'm going to watch how they turn the other cheek. Right. So if they turn the other cheek by like like pretending like the issue didn't happen. Ignoring the problem. Oh, you know, there was this major conflict and we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to like be like, oh, it's fine. We're We're cover, it's covered under the blood. That's right. the thing that we always say. It's just, it's all covered under the blood, which yeah. is true. Right. <laughs> but. But Jesus was not afraid of. Conflict. Um, of conflict. Yeah. Uh, he didn't just turn the che- turn the other cheek equaling I avoid conflict. Right. Yeah. But in that example, our, who we are and how it's like for us to act, the modeling of that is when we experience conflict we quote unquote turn the other cheek, which equals mm-hmm. we just we just ignore avoid. it. We avoid ignore it. Ignore and avoid. So what we will do is ignore and avoid. Right. Because that's what our people are doing. Again, right. It's and the, we know it. It's the experience that we just saw. That's mm-hmm. what we saw. And that's what we're gonna do. And yeah. that's that's what you meant by turning turn the, the other, other cheek. cheek. And we know it intrinsically because we could have a conflict, yep. even with the leader. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, but the culture here oh, and our so group good. identity is we avoid and we, we ignore. And we ignore. So we'll just so, let oh, it go. Oh, man, I'm the kind of person who feels like we really need to have a conversation about this. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, and there's this major like, I know I'm going against the grain here. Of our group identity. Of our group identity. Because so they're going to think I'm not turning my cheek. Yeah. But no, that's not true of who we are. So there's a point to be made here that we have to be very careful when we're making identity statements that they are Jesus's character right? and, and that we're modeling it because it doesn't matter what we say. Mm-hmm. It matters what we do because well, people will do what we do. Yeah. You know, it's not about what we say. Well, and that we model it and that honestly that we are very, I don't, this might sound kind of weird, but that we're like specific about what that means. In very practical, in very situations, practical yes. situations. Mm-hmm. So, because like I said in the last podcast, I talked about the, like these the overarching ones of like we are people that see what God is building in others. I mean that that's like this over which is great, and mm-hmm. that's who we are. We are mm-hmm. people that do that. But what do we do when someone tries something and they make a mistake and it doesn't quite work the way? Yeah, that it was that it was going to work out. Right. What? Who are we then? What right. do we do? Are we, do we see what God's building in them? Mm-hmm. And through failure, through failure, that's some of the, that's the best teacher out there. Yeah. And so we, say. so in those situations, that's where it's like the very practical and specific mm-hmm. ways. It's like, what do we do? Like simple thing. Like, what do we do when we get a ticket? Right. Yeah, exactly. Or when we get in an accident and it was our fault. Yeah. What do, what do we do in, in that situation? Because that group identity Again, that's building character mm-hmm. because it's that initial response because we see what, our, what people are doing and right. we, we do that. So Right. And so in that situation, obviously, there's not going to be a list of identity statements yeah. of when we get a ticket, we like right. or even or even backwards of like we don't speed to get a ticket. Um, <laughs> right. Because that would be a standard. Yes. That would be that's a standard. True. Very true. We're not talking about the rules. We're talking mm-hmm. about who are we in relationship with God, ourselves, and others. In this really specific situation. Yes, and in every specific situation. situation. Yes. Because if we know who we are, so then good. almost regardless of the situation, we will remain like ourselves. And yes. that is a sign of maturity that we teach oh, about, yeah. is that maturity equals I can stay myself regardless of the situation. So good. So it's not about who are we 
in this situation versus that situation. It is who are we almost no matter the practical situation, right? right? Do, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, like, for example, in that in that conversation, our son um, had an encounter <laughs> with a police officer. And it was very late at night. He's biracial. Mm-hmm. He was in an area that was predominantly white. Yeah. This is complicated in yep. our world today. Yeah. Very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Right? Our group identity as a family is not our color. Right. Yes. We recognize that there are challenges Mm -hmm. that are being faced in the world and that are very real. Racism is a very real thing. It is. Yeah. We do not live as a group identity in our family to be on the watch for every racial possibility. And we don't live in offense. Like that's our group identity is we're not going to live in racial offense. We are going to transform the world by teaching people that we are amazing human beings, regardless of our color. Yeah. And, and so he has an encounter. Yes, he does. Late at night mm-hmm. with a police officer. Yep. In his car. Mm-hmm. Technically he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And he could have reacted in a lot of different ways. Yeah. His group identity told him we build relationship and we are kind no matter what. Yeah. So our son gets put in the back of a <laughs> back of a cop car. And he proceeds to have a conversation with the officer and say, you're doing it. You, you're doing your job. You're an excellent officer. You're doing a great job. How long have you been an officer? Yeah. Like, do you have children? Are you married? Tell me about, like, tell me about yeah. you. Because that is how it is for him to act. Yeah. Regardless. Yep. And we can see one of the things we talked about in building this topic in the, in the podcast is there's an anta- antagonistic, I don't know if that's the right word, but there is. There is the opposite reaction yeah. that is also available in every situation, mm-hmm. and we know them. Yeah. Like, these are not like, oh, yeah. Wow, Tennyson and Joel, you're thinking of something really weird. No, this is everyday life. Everyday life. Yeah. Everyday life. We have the option of being who we are. Yeah. Oh, well, not even the option. We will be who we are. Yes. Our initial reaction is who, who we are. are. Yes. Good or bad. Yes. Positive or negative. Absolutely. The the point we're making here is we we need to stop and think who's determining that for us. Yeah. Yep. What are those real things that are being determined based on our group identity that started in our childhood with our attachments uh-huh. and is now being formed by the attachments in our current life? Yes. And I think that um, one idea that came to mind or one person that came to mind who's modeled this, is, this yeah. so well is, is MLK. So he clearly made statements that we are going to gain our civil rights, but we're going to do it peacefully. Yeah. And, th- and so that identity statement was, we are people of peace. Yes. And there is no question about that. Yeah. Now he could have stopped there, right? Mm-hmm. But he did not. So when he was out protesting, yep. protesting, mm-hmm. we're challenging Marching. this idea. Yeah. So we are people of peace, but we are not dormant people. Yeah. We're not people who are going to lay down and just allow anything because we're going to challenge the entire culture right now. Yes. We're transforming culture, but we're going to do it through peace. So when we go to that protest, when there's hundreds of people, thousands, thousands of, people, of people, but we are a people of peace. So when a pocket of people rise up and they're angry mm-hmm. or when we're even being violently affronted. Right. We respond in peace. In peace. And, and you can see that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and not, it was, 
and he led by example. Yes. It was, we will, we will respond in peace. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't just this arbitrary statement that right. he made. He responded in peace. And exactly. so he set the tone for the community and their identity. Yes. And so when the people would see whoever's coming to oppose them or stop them, mm-hmm. all eyes would be on him. Yes. Or the leaders of that movement or the leaders of that mark, the leader of that whatever. Yes. How are they going to react? Yes. In this. And a lot of them in the crowd were justifiably angry. Absolutely. Justifiably angry. Absolutely. But they would watch and they would say, okay, like I, what I want to do right now. I'm ready to go. Is punch. Yeah. But I'm watching him respond in peace. Mm Mm-hmm. And he forged a new way. Yep. And it created. And he built a new group identity. Simultaneously, there were the Black Panthers and they had their own group identity and how it was like for them to respond. Yep. And so it's very fascinating. This whole conversation is not about, is not necessarily, there's two parts of this conversation. One, this, this principle exists like gravity. Yes. It, <laughs> it yeah. exists. And and we will act like our people act. Yep. Good, bad, or indifferent. We could join a gang mm-hmm. and act like however those people act. We could join. Um, we could join a, a monastery, pro- a monastery, or a CrossFit, or a oh, yeah, whatever. Right? Like there's we a could, group identity. There's in a everything. group identity everywhere we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. The question that we're that we're drawing to light today, yeah, is if you're an elder in your community. Mm-hmm. How are you helping form your group identity? Yeah. Who are your people? Yep. And how do you see through the eyes of heaven it is for your people to act? Yeah. What are the identity statements? If you're a parent, mm-hmm. what is what are the identity statements of your family? Of your family, yeah. And who is it, how is it like for them to act? And if it, you're not acting like you want to act right now, if your family is not what you want it to be, your children are not what you want it to be. You and your spouse aren't who you want to be. You know, there's something better. You want to grow. You want to behave differently. It starts with an identity statement of yeah, this is who you a, want to yep, become. I would say create those identity statements and mm-hmm. say, we are a family who, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yep. And then go about the work of practicing it. Yeah. Because it's a practice. It's a practice. And at practicing it, admitting when you make mistakes, mm-hmm. Coming back to the table and, and saying, okay, this wasn't who we are mm-hmm. in this moment. We need to go back to our identity statement and remember who we are. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue towards that because it is a practice. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's work. It's, mm-hmm. it's the work that has to be done for us to be relationally mature, relationally healthy mm-hmm. in all our relationships. Yes. And what comes into play here too is that the entire group is for the lack of a better word, responsible for upholding the group identity. Yes. It is not just the the work of the leader to uphold it. Oh, that's we so good. We all uphold yes. it one for another, yep. including in a family. Mm-hmm. Can you allow your children, if the, if the group identity of your family is when we have conflict, we, we talk it out? Yes. Will you allow your child to challenge you when you don't want to talk it out? So true. It's as a church leader, as an elder, your your group identity that you're trying to work toward is X. Mm-hmm. And if you're and if someone in your congregation comes to you and says, "Hey, this this is what we said our group identity was, and we didn't do it well this time." Right? Can we together, or can can you as a peer one to another challenge each other 
Like if and if we see a leader insulting someone behind our one. back or talking yeah. about someone behind our back and and we as a group have decided this is not who we are. Are we able to go to that leader and say, hey, we are people that don't talk about people behind their backs. Mm-hmm. And so you, we've forgotten who we were. So this you've is forgotten who you, you are. forgot who you are. Yeah. So, so because this, you've forgotten who we are. Right. And so I want to remind you of who we are. Mm-hmm. And this is what we do. In Mm -hmm. this situation. Yes. And it can be that simple. It doesn't have what it looked like because we haven't known other ways is, gosh, you're such a jerk. How dare you talk about somebody behind their back? Or we just avoid it. It really is like kind of one or the other. But through the continuation of this podcast, we will we will continue like, no, we are going to work at trying to do this well, because the next thing we're going to actually talk about is conflict. How do we handle conflict? Well, because relationship equals conflict it just will happen it does and that intimacy happens on the other side of it so let's do it guys so how do we do it well Mm -hmm. how do we do it in a healthy way yes and 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 what does that look like right we're going to explore that next one other thing that came to mind when we're talking about that the whole example of we see a leader and we go and address them Mm -hmm. or um or peer-to-peer or whatever and allowing our children to correct us we will in this in this whole book series talking about narcissism. Yeah. And I want to put a little pinpoint in it right now is that this is how narcissism in churches is stopped. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because the culture of your church right now may not be healthy. Yeah. And you may be looking to your leaders or you may be listening to this podcast mm. and you may be thinking right now, they, they would never do this. They like their identity statement might be to turn the other cheek and their turn the other cheek is we avoid and ignore. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not healthy. Yeah. And none of us in this church are winning. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a different way. You can change that. Yeah. Because this while our elders and our leaders do lead our community and they're the ones who should be modeling this for us, Mm -hmm. that does not negate the fact that. You as a congregation can shift the whole entire group identity yourselves. Exactly. By simply stating, this is who we are and this is how it is for us to behave. This action that I'm seeing, this is you've forgotten who you were. And we as a congregation are saying this isn't who we are. Yes. Yes. And this is even giving me chills because... A lot of us right now in the current world situation in America in particular feel really lost. Yeah. Because we feel like our our culture is not what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And we feel really brokenhearted about that. And we're waiting and hoping someone will rise up and shift our group identity as Americans. That's so good. And the reality is, is that we have the power to change it now. Yep. It's you and your family. Mm-hmm. It's you and your, and your neighbor. It's you and your community. It's you and your church saying, as Americans, this is who we are and how it's like for, for us, us to, to act. act. Or we as Christians, or we as this church, we as this family, you know, down to the very core of this is who I am and this is how it is like for me to act. Yeah. It it can and will transform. Do not wait for your elders and your leaders to get this information. Mm-hmm. You have the power to transform your community. It cannot happen with you alone. Yes. Because transformation happens in, in relationship. Community. Yep, yep. In and relationship. In community. It cannot happen alone. But do not disregard your power regardless mm-hmm. of what role you're in. If you are an elder or a leader in your community, you are already positioned 
To affect and create. To affect and create. And you can actually in some ways do it alone. Not in the way that you should do it alone, but in the way that you have been given the influence and they will model you. They are watching you and what you do mm-hmm. will be who your community is. They will duplicate who you are. We've talked about this as mothers and fathers. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. They will become who you are. As a leader, as another, they will become who you are. Because they're watching you. Because they're watching you. More than they're listening. More than they're listening. And all of us, to some regard, are leaders in our community in some capacity. I don't care if you're 20. Right. You're being watched by someone. You are. And, and here's the thing, guys. Um, the one of I think one of the largest parts of being a Christian is that you are a leader. Mm-hmm. We are leaders in, in every situation. We yeah. like like Janelle just said, someone is always watching you. Yeah. But but the nature of being a follower of Christ mm-hmm. is in some regard, you are a leader. Yeah. And I think we would be remiss to point out that obviously we're talking about some pretty heavy topics. What everything we've mentioned so far is like, what happens when things go bad? (laughs) How do we respond? Um, What happens when things go good? Yeah. I don't want to disregard that in this conversation and we're not going to explore it in huge depth, but don't leave that out. Like our whole life is not the sum of bad things. No. Prayerfully our life is actually really the sum of good things, especially when we've reached the hurdle of learning how to walk through conflict together then that's one of the major, quote unquote, bad things that do happen in life that make things challenging. So what does it look like when we're in pursuit of our promotion? Yeah. Or what does it look like? How do we act when we get the promotion? Yes. How do we develop our talent in a way that we are able to walk in our talent fully and our gifts and our resources and we're utilizing them fully in our community, which looks like we shine and looks like we're whole. A lot of times that's also avoided in community because there's a negative connotation to it in the group identity. Can we build a group identity around? I am in, I am fully invested in you becoming who you're supposed to be and doing that in a healthy way. That it's not about you like kind of staying the status quo so we can all get along and build this safe group identity that, you know, (laughs) never, never rocks a boat. Right. But I want you to, grow and change and stretch in really, really great ways. Yeah. But our group identity is we don't do that by stepping on one another. Right. Yep. We don't do that by disregarding others. Our group identity could be we're all on a pursuit of being better people. Mm -hmm. And as we become better people, we're all about bringing others along. Like one of our group identity statements that we've, this is so fun because maybe we should write ourselves that we say all the time is that, we exist to create a yeah. passing lane. We are people that create passing lanes. Yes, that's who we are. Yeah. Tennyson and Janelle Berry are people who create passing lanes yep. for others, meaning our greatest joy in life is to watch people learn at 20 what we're learning at 40. Yes. And because we know that if they can be, if they can walk that out for 20 years, they'll be different people at 40, which equals their children will be different people. Right. And so it isn't our goal to learn this and become the experts and have a bunch of people, quote unquote, under, under us. us you know, whatever, waiting for our wisdom or something. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like we want you to learn this so that you can be f- way past us. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's our dream and desire. So even in our group identity, we're not, it's not always about how you respond when things are wrong. It's about yeah. what am I, who am I in my daily? That's also helping people become fully who they're meant to that's be. So good. You've been listening to the table and well podcast, new episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.